Hello friends, this episode of Azizi Podcast is brought to you by my YouTube channel. Definitely go check out Azizi Podcast on YouTube. Today's guest is Helmand Alekozai. He's a professional boxer from Ontario, Canada. Great guy, we discussed a lot of cool things. He talked about his life, uh, great conversation. Enjoy everybody. All right. We're going to pretend that I didn't talk to you for the first uh, two minutes. Helmand Alekozai. How's it going, Samir? I'm doing really well. How are you? Yeah, pleasure to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much for coming in. We're here outside at the studio of Azizi Podcast. You know, all three masks are on and off We've got outside. the masks. We've got yeah. the hand sanitizer. Everything is pretty good. And uh, yeah, I've been trying to book you for a long time. And uh, finally, you're here. Yeah, it's been it's been a crazy ride, you know, this past like <laughs> two years has been yeah. crazy all over the country. So uh, you are a professional boxer and you're here. You're a Canadian professional boxer. Uh, and it's, you know, I've met you very randomly, but it was so cool to meet you because I'm also in boxing and, and the cool part is you're Afghan, I'm Afghan yeah. as well. So we kind of like, uh, had that in, in common as well. So that was yeah. like, wow, that's pretty special. And, and, uh, and you also translated for like one of my favorite fighters, you know? Golovkin, oh, that's so. awesome. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, my favorite fighter as well. And as soon as, you know, we kind of met, I was like, Hey, can I like take your contacts? Can I get you on Instagram yeah. and all of that? So I just wanted to stay in touch because I mean, it's, it sounded like a, a rare sign. Like it was so rare. Yeah, and you just came to Canada that time. Exactly. It was, it was like the first month of me being in Canada, and I was yeah. like all about... In the like, winter, too. It was cold. <laughs> it was so cold, man. Yeah. Um, I'm. No, that's one thing I'll never get used to in Canada. But yeah. they told me that this winter was actually not that bad. Yeah. I was in Czech Republic, so I really didn't experience all of it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually travel a lot, and we're going to talk about this a little yeah. later, but uh, I just wanted to talk about your experience at the beginning, because, uh, uh, well, first of all, as an Afghan, your name uh, is basically the name of the provinces in, uh, in yeah. Afghanistan. And my first thought was like, wow, are you from that province? Were you born there? And But then you told me that you actually were born in Canada. Yeah, I was born in Canada, but my family is from uh, Jalalabad, Ningarhar province, which uh-huh. is east of um, Afghanistan. And um, my parents came here about 40 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, like 30 years ago, yeah. Do you and still have a lot of connections there in Afghanistan? Yeah, like I've, been, family ties? Uh, I've been two times. And, uh, oh, wow. You know, just uh, last time I was there, we weren't there for, you know, obviously good circumstances. I had to bury right. my father there. But um, um, it was an experience as well. And, um, you know, I just I always have that connection because that's where my father's buried. So I always mm-hmm. have to go back to Afghanistan. Right. So. Is that uh, how do you find this like going back to Afghanistan? Was the how in terms of experience? I mean, you were not born there, but you're like, this is your historical motherland, basically. Yeah. Uh, what did you feel like? How did you feel like to go there? So when I first went to Afghanistan, it was in 2008. and um, How old were you? Like 16? Uh, no, about 13, 14. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was a good experience. Like, like um, I, you know, can't describe it. At first, it was a culture shock. Yeah. But then at the same time, you know, you feel like you belong there. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, because everyone, you know, it's your people, basically. Yeah, it's your like, people. It's a, it's it's a real just, experience. You, know, you, you speak your language, you know. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, just thing you you worry about other things. You know, you don't you're not really distracted about what goes on in the mm-hmm. outside world mm-hmm. when you're in Afghanistan. You know, there's not yeah. really access to internet. You're not on the phone watching things. You know, yeah. you really get in touch with you know nature and your your, your family. You guys have mm-hmm. tea, talking to people. You know, talking about life and stuff. So that's the beautiful part of Afghanistan. You know, that a lot of people. I guess don't really experience. <laughs> yeah, it's you know I'm from Kazakhstan originally, and when I go back to Kazakhstan, I it's 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 funny. It's like nothing happens 
there that everyone here is obsessed about you know the yeah. news the politics whatever is happening in the around the world the culture things in kazakhstan it's you know we have our own thing but no one's really following like what's happening like let's say in in, in a political whatever in america for example or, yeah. or hollywood or whatever like the cultures and all of that it's yeah. it's weird but when you are here in north america all of a sudden things are spinning yeah, around it's you, all you have about, to, like, it's all about the united states it's yeah, all about yeah. canada because you know and over here, this is their world, right? This is, you know, exactly. the world is all revolved around Canada and the United States. Right? Exactly. So, yeah, I, I found that really interesting when I came. Because I, I was born here, but I grew up in Czech Republic. Uh-huh. So when I grew up in Czech Republic, like, we're all about, you know, you know, we, we know a lot about European culture, about the world, and just other lots of other cultures, right? And even though right. we have a lot of people in Canada, you know, there's a lot of diversity here. You know, when I talk to somebody about, like, you know, when I said I'm, I grew up in Czech Republic, they're like, oh, where's that? <laughs> like, oh, yeah? <laughs> they had no clue where it was and, you know, the culture and stuff like that, right? So, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of interesting that we're so multicultural, but we don't really know mm-hmm. much about different cultures here, you know? And So, uh, then, let's start from the beginning with your life. You were born in, uh, when you were, like, once you started boxing, Yeah. you were, you said you were five years old. Yeah, I was five years old when I started boxing with my uncles. And my uncles, you know, they're Toronto police officers. Mm-hmm. Um, they've always liked boxing. They've never really had trainers, so it's all self-taught. But, you know, I was five years old sparring with my uncles, you know, mm-hmm. who were <laughs> pretty big. And I, I was sparring with them up until I was even 14 when I so, came back. So two of them are police officers? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. From the same family. <laughs> wow. And they're like they're not really my uncles, but they're older cousins. Right, right, right. But... Out of respect, we call them uncles because there's a lot of respect yeah. in terms of like the they're the older, age, so they're, they're older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, were you ever considered becoming a cop? Many times, yeah. Mm-hmm. But just I don't know where, where life has taken me. It's just um, kind of it's always in the back of my mind, but mm-hmm. I'm not really. I try to follow my passion, right? And my passion right. is training people. It's boxing. It's what I'm good at. I like helping people through training, mm-hmm. and just you know they say if you. If you enjoy what you do, you're never going to work a day in your life. And I'm a big believer in that. And that's what I try to, I'm trying to do now. So it's not Absolutely. easy. Yeah. You know, working in your passion. It's, I mean, it's, there's a sacrifice. It's kind of frustrating sometimes because it doesn't mm-hmm. always work out the way, but I think consistency will get, will get me there. You know? No, absolutely. So, um, your uncles pretty much got you into boxing and they were training you and, uh, yeah. uh, did you, after that, like, were you considering like, okay, like, I actually love it. Like, I want to do it at least, like, on the amateur like, level. How did that happen? So, it's pretty funny. Like, me and my older brother, we would, uh, we started training with my uncles. Yeah. And then, like, when I was five, my, my brother was six. And um, we did it about, for about, like, three years. Then we moved to, Ch- to Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. And when we got to Czech Republic, there was, you know, our uncles weren't there. And my parents were so against letting me go to a boxing gym. Uh-huh. So me and my brother would spar almost every week, like every Saturday, every Friday. We'd have our gloves. We'd, we'd How old were you when you moved to Czech Republic? Uh, eight years old. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was a good experience. Like we went to a British school first, and then uh-huh. we came back here for a year uh-huh. to Canada because we we're like, oh, we miss Canada. Okay. We it was uh, <laughs> we realized we like <laughs> the winter came. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 we like we like uh, Czech Republic, and also my dad didn't leave his job okay. there, right? Because my dad was a journalist as well. Nice. Okay. So he was working for a uh, company called Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty. Oh yeah. Broadcasting the news in Czech Republic, but uh, for Afghanistan. So it's mm-hmm. Afghan news that was being news about Afghanistan and everything, uh, what's going on, Afghan politics. But their sta- their station was based in uh, Prague, mm-hmm. Czech Republic. So right. My father was still working that year in Czech, in Czech Republic, and we were here. 
we said we couldn't do it without him, so we just we went back and then then we went to the American school and it was a lot better experience in the American school. Oh yeah, what's yeah. the difference between British and American schools? I know we we got frustrated like a lot of like um uniform. <laughs> yeah, they had uniform in the in the British school. Right, and, right. Um, Girl about that uniform all the time. <laughs> but no, it was just I don't know. We we didn't we didn't enjoy it as much, but the school that I actually graduated from, ISP, it was a uh, International School of Prague. It was nice. Amazing school, amazing staff, amazing people that uh-huh. we met there. But I also met good. I have lots of friends from the British school as well. But it was just a different experience, I guess. No, shock. no offense to the British lads yeah. out there. <laughs> uh, but uh, okay, so what about boxing though? If if so, everyone was against it, and so Czech- my 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 parents were completely against it. Uh huh. But I was a very violent kid. Like I would, <laughs> I would I would I would get into school fights. I mean, I think I'm the only person in the school that I graduated, like International School of Prague, that was expelled. From the school, uh-huh. and after three years, I got back into the school, <laughs> and I, I graduated from that school. So it's kind of crazy. Wow. But um, when I got expelled for fighting, then I went to the boxing gym, and uh-huh. then I just kind of changed my ways and yeah. behaved, got good grades in school. You know Reali- what? Re- I realized that that you know I shouldn't be fighting outside, and right. you know, kind of bring it into amateur boxing, and I started competing. I got obsessed with it. You know, when I was in Czech Republic. You kind of remind me about this cool fights with that I had, uh, you know, when I was like in the second or third grade. I remember that it was because uh, I th- I always knew like I'm the strongest kid in the class, even though I never tested it. Like, so like, I, I've gained pride. <laughs> yeah, like it was like always like I always knew like I'm the guy, like I'm the guy, and it was like so it was it was below me to fight someone from like my class or like yeah. another like class that is also third class but like a different kind of group. Yeah. So it, it was supposed to be like a fourth grade or fifth grade to get yeah. that, you know, to get that level of respect like and yeah. so it's, I would always like challenge myself like this. But I was like when I was little and then uh I went to like a like a school for nerds basically and then, oh, nice. <laughs> then no one fights if you fight there they got expelled right away so I got yeah. like calmed down right away. Yeah, smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh well, okay, so you went to so you you found a boxing gym after yeah, that I and you decided to, to like uh, navigate your violence towards towards yeah, actual it sport. It helped me a lot. Like I I would never like and also you know reputation from boxing like when you when you are a boxer in school like it's Everybody knows not to mess with you after, right? There's right, right. guys fighting, and you know it's fun. Like that's what that's one thing I miss about you know middle school, high school is just you know everything that happens. Like we used to, we usually fought on the weekends, uh-huh. so Monday would come around and everybody's like, "Oh, what happened? How was the fight?" And you uh-huh. talk about the fight, the parties, the celebrations, you mm-hmm. know, and like it was, everybody would gather around. So, so you're talking the, the actual like like amateur fights? Yeah, amateur weekends. fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we had like I mean it was a, we, we had a good childhood, you know, when we grew mm-hmm. up like we compete and then we go out like obviously you know european mm-hmm. lifestyle you know you can go out really young you know like right we were, right starting like 14 16 yeah we were 14 13, we were going out so yeah that's that awesome nice. <laughs> so how long have you been in czech republic so we were there for about like 13 years uh-huh and uh, all those like and you were doing boxing at that time in czech republic as an amateur for how long uh whew. so i was uh, about five years uh-huh. like um yeah i had a lot of fights too i had about 130 140 fights yeah that's solid yeah and um i was i was on the national team but because i didn't have a czech passport i had a canadian passport got it i could never compete to like on the three-star tournaments Mm -hmm. so i always got like i didn't i didn't get the light too much i always got like um there's two star tournaments one star Mm. like i still competed like germany uh Mm. macedonia serbia and a few other places like Poland. Did you travel to like uh, post-Soviet Union countries to compete? They love that. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Macedonia, right? And, well, Macedonia uh, is uh, actually no, it's uh, Yugoslavia, ex-Yugoslavia. Right, right. So, 
But what about, for example, Kazakhstan, no, Russia? I wish. I, I wish I could go to Kazakhstan, man. That's that's on my bucket list. Yeah, man, because yeah. we're all about that sport. You know, we 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 trying to held a lot of competitions there. Yeah, for Kazakhstan boxing, boxing is amazing right now, like especially amateur boxing. Yeah, amateur school is very strong, and in terms of professional boxing, we're going through this renaissance. You know, Triple G opened the doors yeah. for a lot of uh, boxers because a lot, all the promoters and managers are all about that Kazakh talent right now. Yeah, there's a, f- there's a few. The there's one. a few really strong guys. Um, who are professional boxers from Kazakhstan? Are you following any of that? Like who? You- I, obviously, I watch guys in my weight class, mm-hmm. around around my weight class. You know, like right now, I, like you mentioned, your weight is. I, 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 last time we spoke, uh, like one thirty, I think. Something. So I, I like I want to fight at one thirty-five, right? Just because one forty, like I mean, I'm I lost twenty pounds this month training. Damn. Okay. Right. Like I was one sixty-eight. You know. Well. Okay. The quarantine, man. It, it got me really. It's bad. funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm one sixty-eight right now. No way. <laughs> so I dropped like twenty pounds. I'm one forty-eight right now, and like. It was pretty quick. Like as soon as I started training, I just shed right. weight, right? And um, now, you know, when you think about it, like if I was to fight, mm-hmm. I'd make 140 really easily. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. go down to 135. Like I fought at 135 before, right? And um, these guys at 140, they they kind of rehydrate too too much, you know. Yeah, like yeah, at yeah. 140, I'm fighting a guy who's 160 fight night, right? If if, mm-hmm. if I was to fight in the states, mm-hmm. so I gotta you know be realistic and try to fight at 135 so I can yeah, rehydrate to 150 and not get out muscled by bigger guys right like there's sure. some big boys at 140 so let's get back to that but like going to the history to your story trying to fight for the czech republic and not yeah. having a passport were you considering fighting for canada um to be honest no i wanted to fight for afghanistan that was always mm-hmm. my uh my dream to get olympic you know mm-hmm. championship for afghanistan and then uh in 2012, I was supposed to go for, uh, like, when I came back here, I, like, I graduated high school in mm-hmm. 2011. Mm-hmm. I came back here because, like, oh, I want to go train in Canada. Mm-hmm. I was training here, and, you know, the Afghan team, they gave, they told my my father. So that, you were in talk with in talks with them, actually? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We were at the Olympic Committee. We had, you know, and my dad was very connected as well, right? Mm-hmm. So we had, we spoke to the Olympic presidents and everything, and they told us, oh, yeah, he's on the team. He's going to he's gonna go to the Olympics. He's going to mm-hmm. go to the qualifiers. Last minute, you know, I remember like it was, I like, I remember like it was yesterday, like 2012, like, uh, what was it, April? Mm-hmm. They just, oh, yeah, yeah, we can't, we can't take him. How so? No, we can't send anybody. It's too dangerous right now. They said their whole Olympic program got shut down at that, that year because there was bombings in oh, Afghanistan. Okay. So you had to actually go to Afghanistan to like so, do some official stuff. So here's stuff the there. thing. So when, when my dad's like, so what's going to happen? Can you just send him? Yeah. He said, no, no, we can't send anybody right now. But if he comes here and he trains with us, then we can, if we get a wild card, we can send him to Rio straight. Oh, my, so like the whole Olympic team just forgone yeah, like the Olympics. What's they only sent one one person in the end, you know. Wow. And, um, okay. And that was a person that was living in Afghanistan at the time. So right. my dad at that time, because he was also against the Taliban, yeah, and speaking against them uh, publicly, he yeah. d- he didn't want to um, send me to uh, you know in the middle of a war zone. Of course. So um, I ended up staying back, and I just got really into personal training at that time, mm-hmm. and I was focusing on that, and then. Yeah, I stayed amateur too long. I should have turned pro that year. When as soon as the Olympics didn't work out, right. I should have, you know. So when it went, pro. so it didn't work out. What did you? What were your thoughts then? Like, okay, like Olympics is. It, I, I was devastated, no but I went to Prague that summer. You know, I enjoyed a little bit and just you know spent time with friends and family. And then I came back here and yeah, just I was trying to. Mm-hmm. I was still competing amateur, but it was uh, more focused on money at that time, you know, like, mm-hmm. responsibilities come. Canada's not cheap, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You gotta, you know, pay your bills and everything. So I was focused on making money and then yeah, I just got caught up with everything. So, But then you, eventually you turned pro and how did that happen for you? 
it was crazy, man. Me, me turning pro is, uh, it was almost like an accident that happened. You know, mm-hmm. was, it was a bad situation turned into a positive situation, right? So, like, at that time, in 2015, I was, you know, I was working for LA Fitness as a mm-hmm. personal trainer. I was still boxing, but, like, not really competing amateur. My last fight in Canada as an amateur was 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, I, I was, I started making very good money as a personal trainer for LA Fitness, but I had... I, uh, I was training clients around Square One in Mississauga mm-hmm. in their condo buildings. And I was, you know, just making cash in the gym, making right. cash in the, on the side. And it was it was good money. And that year, my father got sick mm-hmm. with cancer. And that's when I just didn't. My only focus was to try to get my dad better. Right. And I ended up, uh, you know, quitting LA Fitness. And I went, you know, closed the business and stuff and just went to Czech Republic to mm-hmm. try to take care of my dad but after mm-hmm. five weeks he passed away and so sorry to hear about that thank you and and that's you know i, I kind of went you know I, I wasn't allowed to grieve until i came back from afghanistan because we buried him in afghanistan um, mm-hmm. i didn't know what to do you know so i went to the gym you know that's the only like whenever things are going bad i just go to the gym it's kind of stress uh it helps with anxiety stress mm-hmm. and you know kind of solves all my problems in the gym right so um right. for me i started training i started training really hard because it was just like to cope with what was going on and mm-hmm. Within like three weeks, I remember um, my coach, who actually was my buddy growing up, mm-hmm. he was on the same team as me, Oscar. He was like, "Hey, why don't you get an amateur fight? Let's 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 do an amateur fight," you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, I didn't fight for so long, you know. I don't want to lose." And he's like, "No, don't worry about it." And so we had um, I had my last amateur fight in Czech Republic, like around November, mm-hmm. and it was against a good guy. He was about he had about eighty fights, and um, a believe it or not, man, they, they said I was losing. The first two rounds, mm-hmm. which I, I didn't think I was losing. And so by the third round, I ended up like throwing a, you know, jab cross to the head and then a, my signature left hook to the body uh-huh. and dropped him. Nice. You know, he took a eight count. I jumped on him again right before the fight was finished, like like right, right before the round was over. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was like 20 seconds left. Ended up stopping him and, and um, my trainer goes to me. He's like, hey, man, you know, you're in shape now. You just want you knock somebody out in the amateurs who's really good. So you got to turn pro, man. He's like, if you like, if you don't turn pro now, you're not going to turn pro ever. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, I said, you know what, what do I have to, what, what do I have to lose right now? I'm not making money here in Czech Republic. I'm just waiting for all the paperwork and stuff for my, all our property and stuff at the time mm-hmm. to um, get finalized. Cause in Czech Republic, it took a really long time. Like being a foreigner in a European right. country and somebody, you know, your family member dies, it's very hard to just process everything with the uh, yeah. paperwork. It's all magistrat and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a bureaucratic system so right it's uh, really complicated so i was waiting for that i had to spend a whole year in czech republic waiting for that so i just focused on boxing and mm-hmm. i had my pro debut december 19th wow <laughs> 2015 yeah i won my first round knockout it was uh so let's talk that's that's awesome let's talk about this how did you start your pro boxing career because i mean it, you have to probably find yourself like a, a manager and promoter, yeah, promoter the, yeah. the, the, the route like this and you were in europe at the same time how did that work out for you I'm pretty lucky, man. Like, I've always had good relationships with people. And um, I guess even in Czech Republic, um, it's because I grew up there. Um, they've always respected me. Like, all the boxing people have respected me. Because I, I used to, like, spar with a lot of Czech pros, like, mm-hmm. top pros when I was younger, as, even as an amateur. So, when I said I want to turn pro, you know, Lukash Konechny, who's a pretty well-known uh, Czech boxer, and he's a promoter now. Mm-hmm. Um, he fought Kid Chocolate. I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, really good really, awesome. he, was, he was good he, he had a nice uh, left hook and uh he's like I, I can get you a pro fight this is how it works you know mm-hmm. i ended up getting uh three fights with him mm-hmm. but no contract 
Mm-hmm. So, um, and they're all like, you know, I guess investment fights, you know, you start to pay your way because a lot of people don't understand. Right, so you had to, to pay to be in the fight. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a lot of people think that pro boxing is about, oh, you're good, you're going to get a fight. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's, you know, you got it's all an investment, like it's a whole business. Right. You know, you got to pay for your first, you know, 15 fights before you start making money. Mm-hmm. And if you don't pay, you're going to go the hard way. You know, it's you're probably going to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it's all about, you know, making sure you're developing and yeah, matchmaking like, and all of that. Uh, right, so the first three fight and, and the third the third fight was so I won two the first two fights I won by knockout in the first round mm-hmm. it was a four rounder a six rounder and then the third fight was a ten rounder for the Czech title mm-hmm. and uh, I ended up winning that on on points great and then I came here to Canada why did you come to Canada well because all our all our paperwork and everything was done I didn't have to be in Czech Republic also mm-hmm. our uh, visa for because we were there because of my father mm-hmm. um, he had a work visa. Mm-hmm. So when he passed away, it expires, right? Like right, and you had e- to basically come back. Yeah, even I didn't have a work visa when I was there. I just, you know, had a special, um, I guess you could say, request an exception mm-hmm. with the um, immigration people, like uh, officers there. Mm-hmm. They let me stay for a year. With the, in in Canada, if you have a Canadian uh, with a Canadian passport, you can only be in Czech Republic for three months, and mm-hmm. then you have to leave for three months. Got it. Okay. But I was there for a whole year, so like you know, so I, I was lucky. <laughs> right. To yeah, so special my work, circumstances but, and yeah. you know, but and my parent, my my mom and my two bro- my yeah two brothers, they were still in Czech Republic. My my younger brother was in school, mm-hmm. like he was in high school, so he had to stay there. And um, well, when I came back, when we all came back here in 2016, he was still in Czech Republic. He had to mm-hmm. graduate in 2017. I see. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so now all of your family is back in Canada. Yeah, we're all back here. And so once you came back to Canada. Um, and you were already a pro boxer at this time. Were you thinking like, okay, because we still have, you know, a boxing scene here in, Tor- in Toronto yeah. or in Ontario area uh, or even in Quebec. Um, what, were, what was your strategy? What were you thinking about? Well, I, I, I knew the business too, right, of, of mm-hmm. pro boxing, um, especially in North America. You know, it's about selling tickets. It's about being, having a following. Mm-hmm. So I just looked at, you know, a few of the top pr- uh, promoters here in Ontario and I said, you know, who do I want to work with? Mm-hmm. And uh, I always saw um, United Boxing as the guys because I, I I I used to go to the um, Hershey Center a lot, mm-hmm. and so I was like I like their Tyler shows. Boxes. Yeah, Tyler mm-hmm. Boxing. Yeah, so I like their shows, and I said I want to fight on uh, in Mississauga because mm-hmm. I think the only promoters that actually made shows in Mississauga. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we had I had a fight in February 2017 mm-hmm. at the Hershey Center. Good turnout. Lots of you know, we sold a lot of tickets and yeah, I've been there a couple of times yeah. for for the shows. Um, definitely, I like I like how the whole setup works and people come. A lot of people there. That's a great 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 crowd. Yeah, I, I, like when when it, when it was Hershey Center, now it's the Paramount Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hershey Center, like that was a special place. You know, like I'm to be honest, I'm not really a fan of the Powerade Center. Uh-huh. I just uh, the Hershey Center to me because it was a Mississauga was was special. So uh-huh. I fought twice at the Hershey Center in 2017. Mm-hmm. But in between that, I also fought in uh, London, England. <laughs> oh, nice! Uh, England, York Hall. yeah, man. That, that that was probably one of the craziest, most frustrating experiences I've had. How in did boxing. you How did you go to London, England? How did you end up there? Um, so right before my fight in February, um, at the Hershey Center, mm-hmm. I ended up meeting Amir Khan. Oh, cool. Right? He came to Combat Arts at the gym mm-hmm. that I was training. Don't forget to speak in the mic, please. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Still getting used to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. But um, let me just fix this. Yeah, um, fix whatever you want. So I ended up meeting Amir Khan, and, you know, we connected at that time. And one thing led to another. I ended up 
connecting with his uncle, uh-huh. who was his manager, right? right he's Taz Khan, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the plan was to get some fights in England, mm-hmm. but obviously, you know, boxing in, in boxing, nothing ever works something out. Something went south. Something go, always goes south in boxing, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. You, everybody has a plan. Yeah. Until, <laughs> until, <laughs> until, <laughs> either they, <laughs> until they either get hit or something happens, you yeah, know. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what happened to me. Like England was a good experience, but it was not something that I would, mm-hmm. you know, wish on anybody. You know, like I came there, I was promised accommodation, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like money and stuff. I get there, I have nothing. <laughs> okay. And luckily, I have lots of friends there, you know, who gave me a place to stay. And then right, I, right. Also, my buddy uh, Hamza Shiraz. Oh, he's yeah. actually uh he's Amir Khan's cousin. Yeah. I ended up meeting him. And he's a a prospect right now, right? Oh yeah, he's 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 the real deal. Yeah, cuz uh, my friends also talk about him uh, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, my friend Norman is actually, you know, a huge fan of his. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely, you know, keeping my eye my eye on him. That, and, that, yeah. He's going to go far. Like I, I'm telling you like I I sparred with him too even when he was uh 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And obviously he's a lot taller and he's a lot bigger, but that guy's jab is going to is going to hurt some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's developed it now and he's 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 a dangerous guy like anybody at 150 154 pounds my money is on hamza shiraz <laughs> oh you think okay cool that's awesome yeah, i'm telling you he, he's, he's a beast <laughs> so but, how's so you met him and i met the- him and his family like they they treated me like their own um i ended up you know we were sharing the same room me and hamza you know while mm-hmm. i was training and i was training with uh, his trainer at the time uh, what's his name uh lenny butcher mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over at um five star boxing right. club in uh romford is it mm-hmm. romfield yeah right near ilford uh yeah. england and we were training like they helped me for my fight i, I came to england without a trainer as well right mm-hmm. to and i the way i got the fight too because i was promised that i had a fight mm-hmm. but when i got to england on may 13th uh, 2017 there was no fight so i'm like i spent my own money getting here like there's no way i'm gonna go back to canada with without a fight so mm-hmm. i ended up you know messaging uh on instagram i messaged mickey helliot i'm like hey I'm a fighter from Canada, four and zero. I need a fight here. Like, uh-huh. how does it work on your show? Like, I don't care about paying. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Uh-huh. How many tickets do I have to sell? Uh-huh. And he's like, "Oh, you know, perfect. You know, we can give you. We, we have a four rounder available for you. Uh-huh. And um, can can you sell tickets?" I said, "Let me know how many tickets I have to sell." Uh-huh. So I ended up selling like about you know forty or fifty. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but it was about... That's a, that's a huge about, amount, especially if yeah, you're six, out of your own, like... Yeah, 60-pound tickets. They're no joke. They're really expensive. You and know? you're not from London. Yeah, I, I, I was lucky. I have lots of friends there and a good support there, too. Right, because so. there's a community there as well. Yeah, and I, I went. To, I ended up going to mosques as well, yeah, Afghan yeah. community, yeah. you know, different... Like, I just... I, I hustled those tickets. <laughs> Damn, that's a that's a great so, experience like, in I've, terms of like to know how how the business works because yeah. a lot of people don't know that boxers actually, especially at the beginning of their career, they they're supposed to sell their tickets. That's how the business you know, works. It's it's different, you know. Like um, in the states, when people do get signed to a promoter, mm-hmm. the promoter doesn't really make them sell tickets. Mm-hmm. The promoter invests the money. Gets them the fights. Make sure that all they have to do is train. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys don't got it that lucky, but most of the, you know, like the Golden Boy, like the big companies, mm-hmm. that's what they do for their fighters. And mm-hmm. then they build them up, and that's when they cash in, right? Like they, mm-hmm. the average fighter, from my understanding, is uh, it's about a three hundred thousand dollar investment mm-hmm. to get to a world title, mm-hmm. right? Sounds about right. But everywhere else, I feel like they. England is actually doing a pretty good job as well with that. They're they're starting to invest in their fighters. Like Matchroom's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, Box Nation or Frank Warren is doing a good job. Like with Hamza, they they've mm-hmm. done a very like an amazing job. He's already a European champion, mm-hmm. and he turned pro after me. <laughs> yeah. Right, so um, 
So the fight basically happened in London. Yeah. And uh, so that's good. Like, so you actually took the basically the destiny in your own hands, and you. Yeah, I, be, you, I, I was the promoter. I was the matchmaker. I was, I was everything. I just, I chose my opponent. I said, I want to fight this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it was the first round wasn't good, but I, mm-hmm. I ended up overcoming it and. Great. You know, ended up winning on points, but uh, and so then you come back to to Canada with that experience behind your back, and uh, what were you thinking? Like, what were, what was your next step? You've mentioned that you traveled around the world, and uh, I remember you told me you went to China at some point. Yeah, so in 2017, when I came back from England, I didn't know what I was gonna do. I was like, you know, that mm-hmm. that experience speaking to the mic. that experience didn't work out, mm-hmm. and I was like, what do I have to do now? Like, mm-hmm. what am I gonna go? So. At that time, I linked up with uh, Tyler Buxton mm-hmm. again, and um, we had the show at uh, Hershey Center again in October. Mm-hmm. So I trained for that. It was a good turnout again, good performance. I broke my thumb in the first round. Oh, shit. I ended up winning on points in the, for mm-hmm. six rounds. Mm-hmm. And um, it was good, but I got suspended right after with the Ontario Athletic Commission. Right, right. And then I was like, man, this is kind of crazy. Like, Yeah, I, I hear that Ontario Commission, they don't joke around like they're all they're very, very strict, strict yeah, 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 yeah on the weight and rehydration and all that and that's another thing like i made 136 for that fight mm-hmm. uh on the same day mm-hmm. so um, yeah that's uh that's another thing like you're you have to be on the weight at the same day and that's why yeah. that's why like i feel like people tell me like, that's why ontario is not as popular in terms of boxing fights because there's a lot of caveats it's, that it, happens it's better than before mm-hmm. like believe it or not like that before it was worse yeah i'm hearing Now that too. there's you know there's what three or four promoters in ontario mm-hmm They have more shows, more opportunity. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you guys, you got guys like you know, even Brandon Cook fought mm-hmm. world level, right? Um, a couple guys, Sammy Vargas is fighting at world level, so mm-hmm. you have the, the certain guys that are fighting at the top level. So mm-hmm. we're starting to, you know, right, make our make our which is great city or country known, right, in the exactly. boxing circuit, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, it was. I got suspended, and um, I was like, okay, when am I going to fight again? And the mm-hmm. next fight available. The next show was December, but I couldn't fight that right. year in December because of suspension. So then they said, uh, what was it, March. Mm-hmm. So in that time, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be making no money until March. Like, what, the, what am I going to do? So I, I actually got into construction that year, man. I was doing oh, wow. yeah, with my buddy. We uh, ended up teaming up and we were doing windows and doors installation. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just got completely sidetracked with boxing. Like, I, yeah. it was, that's the sad thing about boxing, man. Like, I, it's really hard to make money in it. Mm-hmm. But it and, takes all your time. Uh, yeah, it's time consuming and you know, it's also expensive to train like when mm-hmm. when you train, you know, six days a week, you got to pay for recovery as well on your own pocket and mm-hmm. you know, you're looking at a, at least four, three, three hundred, three, three to five hundred bucks mm-hmm. a month mm-hmm. on recovery, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not including your food and everything, right? So Crazy. boxing is an expensive sport. Absolutely. You know, even though it's a poor man's sport, that, like they say, you know. <laughs> it's funny. We were just discussing that with my previous guest that, yeah, boxing is definitely, you know, some. it's not as expensive, like, in terms of buying a gear, like hockey gear or stuff like that. But then it's it's interesting that you mentioned recovery because I haven't thought about that. But that's true. Like, it, it, it requires a lot of investments as well. Yeah. So, no sport is actually, you know, poor man's sport these days. No, no. It's all expensive now. And especially, like... Even boxing gloves, you look at, you know, winning $350 pair of gloves, you know, if you're mm-hmm. lucky. Mm-hmm. But average price of winning gloves is about $500, and that's the best of the best, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's not not cheap. <laughs> Insane, yeah. So then going back to the, you know, what you had to do. Yeah. Uh, because I asked about China because I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, so we'll get, we'll get to that. So that all of 2018. Uh, what was it, 18? Uh-huh. I spent in like, you know, doing windows and doors installation, trying to pay off some debt because even like those, what was it? Six fights. Mm-hmm. 
you know getting undefeated i went to a lot of debt as well because right you know, it costs money to of course to brand yourself and mm-hmm. i brand my especially at Hershey center like I, I spent a lot of money on marketing like mm-hmm. you know t-shirts giving out free t-shirts to people mm-hmm. and just advertising logos so you're very active like because you're no no one was like definitely like representing your interest so you had I to do it all, all myself, by yourself yeah, yeah. Like, okay. in my logo i put like it, my for the fights my opponents wear my gloves you know like mm-hmm. they, when it, my logo would be on their gloves so it was, it was, <laughs> i went all out you know i didn't yeah, care yeah. about the expense which is kind of stupid too but uh I well mean, you took out. risks yeah. you took risk yeah and um at the end of 2018 i was i already started doing personal training again mm-hmm. and that's when i got an opportunity from china because my buddy yotam was doing business in china mm-hmm. and uh he, he's like he talked he met a promoter and he's like, oh, you're a boxing promoter? Like, my friend is a, he's a champion. You got you to gotta meet him. Mm-hmm. You got to get him to fight in China. Mm-hmm. And then one thing led to another. I get a phone call. I was like, hey, you want to fight in China? Mm-hmm. Come. And I ended up opening up a gym with this promoter. In China. Yeah, in China. It Where was in like China? Hangzhou. Oh, wow. In the Zhejiang province. It was, it was, it was a crazy experience, man. Like, uh-huh. the, the people in China, like, culture shock. And, like, mentally, it took me someplace where I haven't been in bo- with, with, with boxing. Like, um, What do you mean? Because, I, like, I've always been fast. You know, I've always mm-hmm. been a fast boxer. Mm-hmm. But I've never, had, like, e- even growing up, I never had people, like, watching me in the gym. Like, you know, 50 people in the gym watching me saying, wow, wow, mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. telling me I'm so fast, you know. So mm. when I was in China, because, you know, they, there's not that many foreigners in China. Right. right? So when, when the average Chinese person sees a foreigner and he sees him moving and, and like, I dance in the ring, I punch, I move, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they were in awe of me and they were just, you know, saying, I'm so fast. So mm-hmm. for me, it got to my head. I was like, yeah, I am pretty fast. I'm pretty, like, you know, strong. So you got that confidence I boost. I got that confidence boost and it just increased my physical ability. That's why I think I, China made me a lot faster and made mm-hmm. me a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, yeah, we ended up opening up a gym there. We started training people. We were making money and um, we made a show to promote the gym. Mm-hmm. And that show was actually, like, a really cool experience because it was my first ever experience of organizing a show to get, like, by myself. Wow. Like, I called it Icon Boxing Championship, IBC. <laughs> so, basically, like an event management, promotional. Yeah, was, and I, had, I chose, logistics. like, the colors. It was purple, uh, gold, and a little bit of blue uh-huh. in, the, in the design. You the went for the Lakers, Lakers colors. <laughs> it, it was crazy. Like, it was... Wow. Yeah. Which is smart because, uh, you know, I'm mentioning Lakers colors because everyone was yeah. crazy about Kobe at that time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was 2020, right? But. Oh, that was just recently? Kobe died this year, right? Yeah. Kobe, Kobe died, I think he died this year, but you mentioning that was in 2018. 2019. 19. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well, still, I guess yeah. we were there. I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, fans yeah. uh, of sport uh, there as well. So so that show was a success? That show was a success. We had, um, it was 880 RMB uh, per ticket. Uh-huh. That's about like 200 something bucks. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. but it came with a three course meal because in China, like everything was sponsored. Oh, okay. You know, so you the, have the, like the booze, the the food, like people, like people had good food mm-hmm. in there, and um, it was sold out right away. It was about four hundred people that showed up in the uh, Metro Park Hotel, mm-hmm. all sold out in the, within the first two weeks. That's such show, a yeah. cool experience to have that behind. Like, I don't know. I feel like people, you know, if you have that experience with Europe and with China, especially with event mm-hmm. management and sports, I feel like that can open a lot of doors for you as well. Yeah, and you know, it it was. Um, a crazy experience because we also hit 660,000 live streams on NetEase. Wow, okay. We had like, I think, a 2 million total views on Net on uh, NetEase. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about everything was I actually, like, I was experiencing some really bad pain in China mm. with my uh, le- left leg mm-hmm. at the time. 
and it was in November. So I ended up fighting in January, and for two months I was training mm-hmm. through pain. And I was just like, you know, mentally I was very strong because I was like, yeah, I am fast. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm strong. I'm superhuman. That, that, mm-hmm. that was the mentality I had. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up fight like training through the pain. Mm-hmm. And and two days before my fight, I couldn't walk. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the worst when you're mentally like completely 100, percent but yeah. just your body your is not yeah, is catching up you. with you. It's like just failing you. That's uh. And, the saddest part but you overcame it i overcame it man. i prayed like I, i'm muslim as well and I, i i prayed i think non-stop man like mm-hmm. I, the whole time i was in china I was, i was going to juma prayer with my friends i actually mm-hmm. met a, a huge community of muslims as well we were mm-hmm. going to juma prayer together mm-hmm. you know it was, it was really cool like being in a foreign country especially yeah. in china like you know at that time there was also like when when you'd go to the mosque it'd be like you're doing something bad Mm. They, there's passport control they'd ask you questions it was mm-hmm. really crazy like mm-hmm. you know you, you you felt lucky to be able to pray there well yeah and and right now it's not a i mean china doesn't have a good record with yeah. uh, treating the muslim community yeah. right now and it's uh finally getting the spotlight you know yeah from the international even community. when i was there it was you just don't talk about it that's what they said mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um yeah just going back to praying and stuff i was praying just to be able to perform mm-hmm. win my fight And mm-hmm. then, you know, figure things out there. So, like, luckily, I, I, I went to a, I guess you'd say, physiotherapist. Um, mm-hmm. He was like a physiotherapist in China. Mm-hmm. And this guy told me I had scoliosis. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but it was, he was misdiagnosed me. Oh, but, okay. Um, so, I, like, after I went to see him, he let, stretched me out a little bit. Uh-huh. And um, I ended up just wrapping my whole left leg full of ice the uh-huh. day before the fight. Uh-huh. And... Um, For the fight, I just wore, like walked around, no skipping, mm-hmm. nothing. Just I just shadow boxed a little bit, and mm-hmm. I jumped in the ring, and I ended up winning. But it just was through crazy it. experience, man. <laughs> so what what is next for you? Because I'm uh, I've heard from you that you're coming back uh, to the professional scene, and yeah. uh, you want to start boxing again. Um, are you considering going to the United States? Like, wh- so, where do you see your future takes you? So after China, I got offers from everywhere like it was i did something big right mm-hmm. and i wasn't actually planning on coming back to canada i was supposed mm-hmm. to stay in china and we were supposed to like go the wbc asia route mm-hmm. because the promoters had a very big interest in me mm-hmm. but that injury was really bad like i like after the fight my whole body shut down mm-hmm. it was like it's time to go home mm-hmm. and so i came back to canada and as soon as i got to canada it got even worse mm-hmm. i couldn't like like all of t- 2019 was probably the worst year i had in my life like it was physically physically like you know i've never had an injury in my life before mm-hmm. like obviously like hands and right, stuff like right. that but like to the point where i couldn't walk you mm-hmm. know and um i remember like mo- pretty much all of 2019 i couldn't i couldn't stand up and have a conversation with somebody mm-hmm. standing up longer than like a minute or two damn and i didn't know what was going on i went to natural paths i went to athletic therapists i went mm-hmm. to physiotherapists mm-hmm. everyone they kept saying bursitis oh it's your hamstring tear mm. all this you know but it was, they all misdiagnosed me mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I had a little business opportunity in Czech Republic with my friends mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, I'm going to Czech Republic. I have to take like the the metro and the public transport. I got to be able to walk. Mm. You know, I'm like, I have to, you know, fix this, figure something out and I got to fix my body, right? So I started stretching and doing stuff on YouTube, like little things there, resting a lot. And mm-hmm. um, by like, de- what was it, December, I was good to go and I started walking properly. I got to Czech Republic, like... I didn't feel no pain. I still like I still felt something, mm-hmm. but not like how I was in Canada. Mm-hmm. And I started training again. We we started a business with my friends. Like we were doing uh, marketing. Uh, we started a marketing company. Oh wow! But um, due to COVID, it didn't work out. Right. So, right. Um, but in that whole time, I ended up 
I was supposed to fight in April in mm-hmm. Czech Republic, mm-hmm. but the virus stopped those plans. I right, was, I remember we talked about it that you were gonna go to Czech Republic yeah. and fight there, yeah. And I also had like a, I linked up with a Polish promoter as well because I sparred there. Mm-hmm. I sparred in Poland. It was actually a good fighter I sparred with in, in Poland, uh, Michal Lesniak. He was twelve mm. and twelve and one. Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a strong guy. And um, it, training was starting to come come alive again, you know. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm good. I'm like, I was really sharp. And like, especially February, I was looking amazing. And then. I got injured again. Same same thing with the leg. Mm. Couldn't walk, couldn't think. This time I went to a specialist in Czech Republic right mm-hmm. before I left. Mm-hmm. First, like, I think three, four minutes of seeing me, mm-hmm. he's like, man, you've never had a lo- no leg problems. You have a herniated disc. Mm. What does that mean? What is- herniated disc. So he said with the L1 and the S1, uh-huh. I have a, like, herniated disc. Like, it's just... It, some kind of imbalance in, in the disc, right? Okay. So, it so caught, and the disc is was, caught, was between the bones, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, l- lumbar support. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, like, something's something's off. Uh-huh. So, he's like, this is how you have to do you, This is the exercise that you have to do. You have to, like, relax and just mm-hmm. do this stretch. Uh, it's going to take about six weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, just try to avoid running on concrete and stuff like that. So, since I've been back, I've um, just focused. I, like, I, I've been running a little bit, but not mm-hmm. on concrete. And it's just... Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm I'm training with Raf Delgado right now mm-hmm. in, uh, over at Mississauga, and I, I feel good now. You know, I'm training without pain. It feels like it doesn't even exist, this injury. Cool. So you recovered. And yeah, they I'm, told I'm you what it is. I'm, you, I'm, you I'm the walking. Whole thing. Like, even though, like, you know, the world's gone to shit you know, <laughs> with this coronavirus, I'm just happy I'm walking and I'm, I'm healthy. Right. You know? And I see you on, uh, on Instagram. You do the trainings and all, and you're super active. And you've mentioned that you're in shape again. You just yeah. dropped 20 pounds. Uh, I dropped you know, 20 so pounds easily. this month. Yeah. And, and, you know, things are coming back, you know, like um, just little reflexes are coming back, mm-hmm. uh, more, more flexibility in the legs. I'm also doing uh, fascial stretch therapy, like one of my buddies, Medi Abidi. Mm-hmm. Shout out Medi Abidi. <laughs> uh, he's a fascial stretch therapist. He used to be a boxer, or mm-hmm. he, he is a boxer mm-hmm. still. And he's, he got into fascial stretch therapy. So he's working with a lot of boxers to help with mm-hmm. their injury and mm-hmm. he stretched me out too like not too long ago and i just i feel really good now too and uh i just get the right treatment as well so what what are you planning then uh, what's your next step are you planning to stay in canada or go somewhere else uh, to be honest i realized you know me traveling so many places all the time and not really having a foundation at home counterproductive i said it's 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 kind of bringing me further away mm-hmm. from from the end goal right which mm-hmm. is to be a champion from from canada right mm-hmm. so uh i'm putting my feet down here right so weighing your options you know, and all. to to get an income I'm, i want to train people i want I want to eat sleep and breathe boxing and that what does that mean that means i gotta train people in boxing mm-hmm. i gotta train in boxing and that's mm-hmm. everything all the livelihood is going to be from boxing absolutely so, and before, and so people are contacting you still uh, offers are coming there's, and a, all there's, that. there's a few offers right now on the table and it just mm-hmm. for me i don't want to take nothing until i'm in shape exactly and until i know exactly what the right the best choice is right and you're still undefeated you have undefeated, yeah, zero on your record but so. a lot of people they want to take my undefeated record you know they want to take exactly that, exactly take that oh <laughs> but, <laughs> that's how boxing works unfortunately but it is what it is but, but you working. know one thing that people forget like in the amateurs i lost a few fights you know like mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. people take that amateur you know record mm-hmm. and they think that i'm the same fighter as the amateur but they don't understand Being a professional fighter, it was probably the That's best thing that happened deal. to my boxing career because to for me to lose that 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 you know undefeated record, yeah, they're either gonna have to knock me out cold and I've never even been down, you know, knock on wood, knock on wood. or they're gonna have to kill me, man, because <laughs> you know it's <laughs> Afghan pride. There's a lot of people, and especially the Afghan community, they're really really behind me whenever I fight. Right. And for me, I got I don't want to lose a, a fight, 
you know and absolutely you don't but especially like early in your, your career you know like it's like the pro boxing like the way it works is if you lose early in your career it's very hard to get to the top again mm-hmm. because you're a fighter that lost you know everybody wants to fight a guy who's yeah undefeated. that's that's what i hate about boxing but it, these are the realities of sport and, and yeah. the promotion like, so yeah bo- boxing even mma now but boxing is one of the only sports where if you lose your fans hate you yeah you know but basketball like i mean lakers just lost recently you know mm-hmm. like so many people raptors lost uh their lot like what was it two games ago or against boston people are like, cheering people for maple sti- leafs for example <laughs> yeah people still love their team and they love their athletes even yeah, if they lose but exactly. boxing you can't lose losing is a no-no in boxing mm-hmm. you know and it's, it's mm-hmm. crazy it's a crazy sport helman thanks so much for coming yeah, to my podcast you, i know you gotta thanks go soon me. but yeah. Uh, yeah it was a great conversation i really appreciate that you 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 dedicated some of your time uh, for me and i hope you're gonna come back here we're gonna talk again about yeah, for sure your, you your know, career keep, keep uh, looking out for our online boxing club as well we got the, sure. the boxers club is that is that your your business? Yeah, that's my that's my business. The Boxers Club uh, with uh, David Kim as well, oh. and uh, we're we're five days a week at um, at noon, okay. Monday to Friday, and uh, yeah, it's it's an intense class. Everything on Zoom. So how do you well, hold on? How do you find then your boxing classes? Is there like a website or it's on? How do you? Is there so a phone, Insta- phone number? Instagram, Instagram Savage Prince Official. That's my Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. Um, we. So it's split. You know, I teach two days. Mm-hmm. David teaches two days, and then one day we do together usually. So if people will go to Savage Prince Official on Instagram, yeah, no, they will find see, all the information. You'll see my stories about the Boxers Club, and it's uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good, it's a good program. Great, Helman, thanks so much. Thank I you, really man. appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, right. thanks for having Thank me. You.